Hi guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Helena. And my name's Kashel. And this is One For Them. Today we've got a special episode for you. We've got one of the craziest, funniest, smartest people I know coming on the pod for you today. And yeah, we're just going to get straight into it. We'll tell you a bit more about them as the time comes. But first of all, let's get straight into... Are yours linked together as always? Like your L is linked to your W or is it a bit different? Um, mine's not linked together for once, I don't think. Honestly, the L's and the W's are just like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're just both non-existent because where I'm sat right now is where I've been sat for the past four weeks. So like only so much can happen to you when you're just sat in one spot constantly. But um, my L is... I've been trying to sell stuff on Depop because, you know, the hustle is real. And mm-hmm. so my L yeah is that I tried to go to the post office the other day. Mm. And obviously I didn't really want to go there anyway, but I sold an item and I was like, I can't be leaving this girl without her skirt for a long time. So tried to go to the post office and then get in there. Obviously I'm trying to sell this thing as a letter because I don't want to pay a lot of money for postage. I get in there and the man tried to tell me three pound ten. And I said, mm-hmm. I only sold this thing for eight pounds. So what is my profit margin at this point? <laughs> because the three pound is not making any sense for me to ship this thing. So I was like, now I'm trying to send it as a letter. Like it will fit through the letterbox. And the man has the audacity to try and put it through the letter. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, this will not go through. I said, by force. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and then he's trying to talk to me. I was like, you know what? I'll come back. Because you know when you're just feeling more closed in, like you're getting stressed. I was like, I didn't want to be out of the house anyway. Now I'm out of the house and you're prolonging my time out of the house. Like I wanted to go in and get out. Anyway, so take to about an hour oh, before no. we started recording this. I went back to the post office. I flattened the thing. Did you iron it? Did you iron it well? I didn't iron it. I flattened it, sat on it so all the air came out. I went there, I was like, large letter, second class. <laughs> The guy did it, so yeah, we're good. However, then I forgot to send it flipping signed for, so we'll see what happens after that because I was under so much pressure in there that (laughs) I was sweating. I don't like stuff like that. This depot thing is new to me. I hate it, but you know, you need some money somehow when you can't leave your damn house. So, nah, man, bad enough as it is, you having to leave the house, but my man's giving you trouble. I'm not about it. Was, you know what? Maybe he was trying to be helpful and I was just being erratic, but I was just like, there's a man behind me, there's a man next to me. This is not the situation I wanted. Like, I wanted to be six foot apart, I wanted to just hand it in and get out mm-hmm. of there. That's all I wanted. Anyway, so. I hear that, man. So that's yeah. your L of the week. That's my L of the that's, that's my. That's the only thing I can really say that is an L. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, you know, you know, I love these L's. You know, these L's just keep coming, coming at me thick and fast. But. In this, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, not that much is happening to me because I'm contained within the household. However, even just today, like, you know, coming and getting ready for this episode, I wanted to find a top to put on. I went into the room where, like, all my clothes are and I, I slipped. I almost buckled <laughs> headfirst into the room, but it's okay. That was fine, but that's not even my L of the week. I think my L of the week, for real, has actually happened to me yesterday, and it's a bit of a weird one. But basically, <laughs> I've been going to sleep really, really late and waking up not early. You know, I've been waking up late still anyway, no matter. Um, and I made my way to have my shower. I thought, you know what? It's time to shower. It's time to get clean. I mean. I weren't going anywhere, but, you know, we still got to keep our hygiene levels up. So I hit up the shower. I get in. And this is how you know I'm losing it, guys. I went into the shower wearing my smartwatch, which is fine because it's waterproof anyway. But usually I take it off so it can charge. And it had already died. So I was in there with a, with a smartwatch that was <laughs> a dead, <laughs> dead smartwatch <laughs> that needed to be charged. So that was an issue in itself. Anyway, so I get in the shower. I'm wearing my hair bonnet. Not a waterproof one because, you know, I was just wearing it from when I went to sleep. So I was wearing that. And then I was wearing my glasses. And the only reason that I realized that I was still wearing my glasses was because they started to steam up and I couldn't see anymore. 
<laughs> this is how you know I'm losing it. I'm actually losing it. There's, um, I'm finished. So yeah, I think that was my L of the week because I realized that I was just, I'm out of this world. I'm in a different place now. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know if this lockdown is getting to me. It's getting to me deep inside, but boy. To be honest with you, shower, yeah, the other day like, I got into a shower with my socks on because I just completely ah! forgot. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, no, that's worse. That's worse than I the I stepped in and I was like, this don't feel right. And I looked down and I was like, ah. <laughs> so I'm not the only one losing it Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the lockdown made me lose it Or if it happened a long time But, you know, it's been lost Whatever it is, is lost mm-hmm. Long gone Mad. But yeah, I mean I don't know, I kind of think the glasses are worse Because actually even wearing glasses longer than me But I still feel these physically on my face Like, I know they're there all the time No, I know they're there But I just <laughs> got into the shower And they were still on my face I just hadn't <laughs> taken them off That I mean, that was it and the thing is, <laughs> I mean, that was, that was it. I, I took them off obviously once they started to get steamy and I couldn't see anymore. I, took, I just put them on my head, like, you know, with sunglasses, just. Prop so them you left them on, on when you were still in the shower? Yeah. <laughs> there was nowhere to put them and I didn't want them to like fall, you know, I'll probably put it on the cabinet and then it will no, fall off worse. and I'll that's get out, out of the shower and then I'll step on the glasses. Like, that is something that had happened to me. <laughs> I thought, you know what, <laughs> they better just keep them on my head, keep them, you know, at a safe distance. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, right. You have a W because I feel like you should go and then when you tell, when you're saying it, I'll think of mine because <laughs> 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 I mean, I've not been winning that much recently. <laughs> oh, actually, I got my W. So, I'm, I don't know, I'm probably going to take a picture of this background, but if everyone knows that my Tiger King, Carol Baskin, Joe oh, Exotic, wow. um, yeah, so my W is that I watched Tiger King in like the first week of this lockdown with my friends. Mm-hmm. So it was like my friends in America. We watched it on Netflix Party. I don't know if anyone's used the app Netflix Party, but it's like you can watch and you can have a chat bar at the side. So I watched it with my friends in America and my friend mm-hmm. from here. And basically we were watching it and it was amazing. We watched it every day like for like three days in a row back to back. And then we realized that this lockdown was going to be more than like two weeks. And I was like, but I've com- like, Tiger King was the only, like, was the best thing on Netflix and I've completed it in week one of, of like, this quarantine. Like, there's nothing can be better than this oh, show. Man. And I was that's like, man. I was like, that's, okay, I was very stressed. I was like, so what, I can rewatch it, but, like, it's just not the same. Like, why did I start so good so early? Anyway, yesterday or the day before, I was on Netflix and I saw it said new episodes. I was like, oh, what? I was like, is there there's a- new episodes? I was like, is there a season two? Like, what's going on? Basically, it was only one episode, but some guy, some actor, I know him, he's in some stuff, but he did like a catch up with the cast kind of situation. So they got on everyone mm. apart from Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin! Because she's on her way to jail and he's in jail. Um, and it was basically like catching up with them. And I watched that yesterday with my friends. And it was like a little reunion. I was like, guys, the gang is back. <laughs> like, And it was just jokes. And I was just like, this is probably made my month at this point because I thought it was over and it came back and it was still hilarious oh that's good that's a nice W W. and that's a W that we can all jump on because you know what I I feel like I need some more Tiger King in my life (laughs) he is a crazy scary racist very dodgy man but you know he he brings entertainment to the table you can't take that away from him my man is there in his tiger outfits, you know, on his throne, doing his thing. And, you know, you have to kind of respect that, like, low-key. Low key. Also, are we surprised that he's racist? Like, hello? The man- <laughs> <laughs> How can anybody be surprised that he's racist? I don't know why everyone was outraged. I was like, the man is from the middle of America and he literally houses tigers on his <laughs> own property. Like, why are we surprised that he's racist? That's the literally, oh. I've seen so many people say it, but that's literally the least surprising thing about that whole show. Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't. I wasn't shocked at all. They were, but they were saying. I think there was an article that was saying like, "Oh, he's way more racist than it says in the show." They like cut things yeah. out. He said, and I'm like, "Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't think the show could air if he actually had the things <laughs> that he would have been saying." He was I'm saying, just like, you guys know. should not be surprised. And honestly, that wasn't the point of the show. Like <laughs> the point of the show, like he, I think it was just like an underlying thing that everyone knew he was racist, right? You should know. He look how he speaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That old twang at the end of his voice, <laughs> like his twang 
literally defines racism at this point. So we shouldn't be <laughs> we shouldn't be surprised. Be to be honest, for me, it's that it's that haircut that sends me <laughs> that raggedy haircut. Like you know them ones you know back in the day when you used to watch Scooby Doo. It's like <laughs> it's like Shaggy's. She's like his hair is shaggy, shaggy but like shaggy on drugs. <laughs> and I on don't meth. say that. Mean. <laughs> on yeah. meth, to be specific, on crystal that. meth <laughs> for real. Anyway, what was your W? Because I could talk about my king all day. Okay, okay. So my W of the week is that I managed to get a really nice present for my friend for his birthday. So as you know, um, World of Nalu, I always shout them out. They've got like the best products. It's kind of like streetwear. You're like your boy Abe, he's like a part of the co-founding and like creative art creative art director and that um and so I wanted to get him something nice I noticed that on FaceTime that he was always wearing these do-rags I was like you know what I'm gonna get this guy a really nice do-rag so I've got him this like blue do-rag that's like it's like kind of got like shiny and a little bit sparkly and like all of Abe's products like all of the world of Nalu stuff is like they've got like different names and this one's called deep sea blue and it's just really pretty and when I went into my emails, I already had like a previous link because I bought some stuff from him before and it was like when his new stock came out, I got an email saying like, yeah, 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 you can have access to like this new stuff. So I was like, that's all the new blue collection. So I was like, okay, let me get this stuff. And I went back into that email, but it wasn't there. It was like, I clicked on the link and it was broken and I was like, oh my gosh, does that mean like it's out of stock? Like maybe I can't get it. It's going to be peak. But then I messaged Abe and then he hooked me up. So I managed to pre-order and it's going to arrive just in time for his birthday. So I'm like, yeah, this is nice. I got a little gift. So that's my W of the week, 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 week. Well, it's nice that you're still thinking of other people at this time because all I'd be buying for is for myself. So that's... <laughs> Sorry, but if your birthday is in within, within the time that I'm still in lockdown, then your birthday hasn't happened. So... We're just skipping the year. <laughs> we'll, we'll celebrate in 2021. So that's it. That's wow. That's how you're moving as well. That's, <laughs> Listen, that's not how I'm, that's how my bank account is moving. We have to, <laughs> we have to think carefully. Like, fair, anyway, fair enough. So tweet. Tweet of the week. Oh, yeah. Tweet, tweet of, of the week. week. I don't know. If, have you, if you've been harboring yours for a while, then I should go first because mine hasn't been cooking for that long. Oh, no, I haven't been harboring it for a while, innit? but I just had to find it because I lost it. Because, oh, okay. you know, on the timeline, I try not to like or retweet tweets that I want to use in the episodes because I don't want you to see them. So, yeah, that's why I couldn't find it because I've got to bookmark it. But, yeah, go on, go on, go on. All right, mine is <clears throat> by somebody called Lillian, Lil's Track Life. Oh, Track Life, she about that life. <gasps> so mine is... Mum wants curry chicken today, so guess what I'm making her? Rice and stew. Payback for all the times we wanted McDonald's and she gave us hard chicken stew instead. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? (laughs) I'm dead. You know what, yeah. I don't know. I found that tweet funny, but all I've been thinking about recently is McDonald's. And I'm like, realistically, (laughs) when I can have McDonald's, the, the place don't enter my mind that much. But because I know I can't have it, I've been dreaming mm-hmm. about this Big Mac. I've been dreaming about this. I don't even eat beef. <laughs> like, I don't eat beef and I've been dreaming about Big Mac. But somebody told me there's a recipe going around for like a Big Mac recipe and it, like how oh, to really? make the sauce and stuff like that. So oh, I, need to, I need to find that out and try and make it. Um, and I've also, just to, just to add on to this, this really hit home for me mm-hmm. just because for some reason all my mum's been making since this lockdown is soup. I'm like, <gasps> yikes. I can't I'm sorry, bro. I'm like, I can't have a drink for dinner for the third day in a row. Like at this point, like, <laughs> and it's like obviously I can obviously I make my own food, but also like I don't want to be rude and use the resources that we're trying to save for a long time because we don't know when we're next going shopping. So it's mm-hmm. like I want to take the soup because I don't want to be rude, and I'm very grateful for being fed and having a roof mm-hmm. to stay under. But also, a drink for dinner is just not. No, nah, I hear that, man. That brings me back to the days when I was sick and I couldn't eat anything. And every day I had soup. Honestly, like I just wanted. At the end, I was just like, you know what? I'm done out here. Like, like what else can you liquefy? <laughs> like at this point, what else can we turn into a liquid? <laughs> Fam, it was beyond me. It was beyond me. Now, anytime my mom's like, oh yeah, do you want soup? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> no, thank you, no, thank you, not today. 
not tomorrow, not next week, not next month either. I'm dead. When right. like, who needs to set out my life in 2020, basically? God. Also, like, when it's hot outside, mm-hmm. like, I don't know about you, but when I eat soup, like, I physically get hot from, like, sweating over the bowl, right? It's like yeah, your face yeah. is getting steamed. I'm like, it was, like, 23 degrees, and we had, like, soup, and I was like, I associate this soup with being sick, and now it's, like, hot outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, so now I'm hot and hungry. Like Ew. <laughs> well, you yeah, need, like, a second dinner, right? Like, if I'm eating at 8 p.m., I'm having a dinner by 9.30. <laughs> if the person was anyway what is your tweet of the week so my tweet of the week I'm gonna have to show you so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the tweet goes <laughs> wait wait let me say here it's for, can you stop laughing so the tweet is from uh, Jared someone who's verified <laughs> and his name is at Jack Mull and the tweet says workplace colon we have a team call at 9am and then it says meet at 8.58 (laughs) and it is this man in the bed I don't know if you guys have seen 90 day fiance I haven't but I've seen it on the timeline and that's been enough for me because my guy is this creepy, creepy guy, and he's been moving to the, I mean, I mean, yes, I was gonna say moving to his fiance. I mean, you can't really move to your fiance because you know, you guys are connected by a ring already. Um, but you know, Big Ed is laying on the bed, his hair is greasy, and it is just you know, touching. He's getting too close to that pillow, to be honest, in my opinion. I can see his leg popping out under the duvet and that's making me feel low-key uncomfortable um I would not want to be <laughs> I would not to be, want to be the person who's facing this guy but yeah so it basically says yeah workplace we have a team call at 9am me at 8.58 I feel like this is what it's like with me and you you know when we have discussions about the podcast you know <laughs> no but I'd be like, calling you at like 3pm and you're still not dressed don't try it <laughs> I know I was gonna say these calls don't happen at 9am they happen in the afternoon but <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. that, that got me I'm not gonna lie I wasn't ready for it <laughs> the thing is I saw a video about this this morning and I was creasing because it was like he has no neck he has like no he's neck. literally missing a body part Big Ed is big, and the thing is Big Head Big Big Head you know <laughs> Big Ed has so much confidence that even the other people on the show like even past winners on the show have been cussing him out because they say nah he thinks he's too big for his boots this is that and the other because my man is he's got so much confidence and I don't know how but he's he's scary there was one episode yeah where um you could see him and his fiance. I don't actually know where she's from, but he was talking about, yeah, you know, yeah, when we're in the bed last night, I noticed that your legs were hairy. Yeah, they were like mine, you know? He's like, oh yeah, can you shake, can you go and shave them? And then, and then she's like, she, her face is shocked. She's like, hmm, what do you mean you're telling me to shave my legs? That's what her face said. And then he's like, okay, well, either can you give me a kiss Oh, go shave your legs. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. And then she runs into the shower, starts shaving her legs. She does not want to kiss my man. And I was crying, man. 90 Day Fiance is a hilarious one. I might have to get on that unit. I might have to be my new Tiger King. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, someone told me I should watch it today, but I don't know. Me and reality if you want to see more of Big Ed. I've seen enough of Big Ed in that photo. That leg was more than I needed to ever see. <laughs> yeah, um, man, that guy is disturbing, but... Right, well, you lot haven't seen, but we can see the facial expression she's been pulling this whole time. So it's time you unmute yourself, my dear. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, our guest today is... Temi, we both know her for, I've known this girl forever now. So I went to school with Temi, she went to college with her, we did athletics together. Mm-hmm. Basically, this girl is a doctor. Can we please? I have so much to say about her. Like, we were, I remember this girl telling me what she was going to do when she was in year seven, and I was like, that sounds, that sounds ambitious. Like, that sounds very ambitious. And she did it. Like, she actually did it. I could not believe it when I found out that she's actually a doctor now. I was literally like... I'm still shook, to be honest. I'm still shook. But just in case you lot don't know, her, she's become a doctor early because of this whole corona. Coronavirus! So, um, 
thanks, sis. That's what I really got. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it feels amazing. But yeah. So do you have any any thoughts on coronavirus so far? Mm. Mm. I've had lots actually. Um <laughs> In the beginning, it was just, it was quite scary and quite crazy. And I think what annoyed me most was that people were still going on about, oh, this is a conspiracy. Don't let the government lock you inside. Keep doing what you want to do. And then you see your friends on the front line who are working crazy hours, who are working mm-hmm. nine days nonstop with no break. And that was quite frustrating. Um, and at this point, I'm just ready for it to be over. But I need people to follow the rules. Stay in your house. <laughs> Yeah, crazy. Like, who would have thought in 2020 this is what we'd be doing, staying at home because of a virus? Pretty this, mm-hmm. I'm still looking at my 2020 plan, like the tweet, what I was tweeting. This is gonna be me in 2020. Shredded. Shredded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna it. I'm gonna have to copy Shredded. and paste. I'm gonna have to copy and paste everything, <laughs> and just all just scratch out the zero and put a one because at this point, nothing is happening in 2020. <laughs> Like Mate, the way we were talking on that first episode, boy, it's been peak, man. It's been peak, but there we go. So tell me, I don't know how many questions. Usually, Kishore has a whole PowerPoint of questions. Mine are just a PowerPoint. Wow, <laughs> you are sending for me. It's never a PowerPoint. I make two two little notes, yeah, on keep in Google because you know it's nice to keep all of your notes together and tidy and all of the Google products mm-hmm. and services, um, even though they'd be rinsing out the system anyway. Um, you know, I make two two Google Google Keep notes. Mm-hmm. I did that at um, I think one fifty eight today. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, well prepared. Um, oh yeah, just quickly, our title of this episode is Med School for Them because Whoa. Med School a, for Them. I call it Med School for Them. Whoa. We're gonna have to get Temi back when she's been in hospital, sis. Like, yeah. <laughs> right now, you just, I want to see what it's actually like on the front line. We need to get more more intel after. But um, yeah. my first question, honestly, is: Did you ever think about giving up? And if so, how many times and why? <laughs> and then how did you make it through? You know, let's let's keep it on a high at the end. <laughs> I can't lie. I felt like giving up most days. Um, not because I didn't want to be a doctor, but it was just ridiculously hard. Um, the contact hours in a week were ridiculous. We were doing like nine to five, nine to six. And in first year, everyone just wants to do their one, two hours in lectures and spend the rest of the day partying or meeting people. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I literally felt like giving up every day It was ridiculously hard You're in lectures all day And then you're studying in the evening And you just want to like Yeah, you just want to quit And what kept me going? Um, I would say the community Like knowing that everyone else is going through the same thing And you're not alone So it's Mm not What I'm feeling isn't foreign um, And my goal, my goal was to finish and become a surgeon and nothing was going to stop me. So I was going to die on the line. That's what I almost did. So yeah. You know what? Yeah, I remember seeing you at Kishore's house at that party. And I met, because I haven't seen Tammy in years oh, at this yeah. point. I don't know the last time I saw her. And she came back and she was exactly the same. And I was like, med school didn't break her. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, she's Praise still the same the Lord, person. Far away. Because I saw, I saw like, she always was disappearing off of social media doing it. I was like, is this girl good? Like, is she going through it? I don't know. And then she came back and she was the same. I was like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know that's one of the things that I was going to mention in this episode is that you can expect Temi to change between Temi and then Auntie Temi. Like expect <laughs> both to oh, be coming sorry. out. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm here for it. I mean, that's you. <laughs> that, I don't expect any less. <laughs> to be honest, um, I think another thing I have is like, how did it? How hard was it? Because obviously you're saying first year, first year was hard. How did that, that, like, did it get harder as time went on? Or did it actually, like, did you get used to it, like, year on year? Do you know what year? It got ridiculously hard. And every year, every every new year I started felt like I was starting again. And I remember oh, even before I applied for med school, they were like, oh, yeah, the hardest thing about getting into med school. No, the hardest thing about uh, becoming a doctor is getting into med school. And so applying and stuff, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, okay, once I'm over this, I'm good. And then I got into med school and I realized I have to stay in med school for six years, which means I have to pass every single assessment, every single um, 
whether that's practical or written, I need to be acing these things. And that's what's hard because at the end of the day, you're going to have lives in your hands. So they're not going to let anyone pass. They're not going to be like, oh, well, you tried. Here you go. Here's, here's mm-hmm. a progression to the next year. Um, mm. So, yeah, I would say every year got exponentially harder. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And either you sink or you swim. So, yeah. And some yeah. people don't make it. So... That sounds like a lot of pressure to be under, to be honest. But you're saying that there's tends to be like quite a good community of people who are kind of supporting each other and going through the same same thing. Yeah, definitely. I think oftentimes it's something bad happening that brings everyone together. And it's a really sad reality, but you might have a death in your year, which is quite common in med school. People commit suicide because of the pressure. Um, and it shouldn't have to get to that point for you to sort of pull together. But oftentimes that's what it will be. Someone won't be able to hack it and they won't have the right support and they'll commit suicide. Sorry to make this such a damper. <laughs> no, um, it's mad. But, it's mad. No, but you're keeping it real, man. Yeah. Keeping it real. So if you've, obviously you've already passed, so I can say this because there's no jinx over anything. <laughs> but if you were to fail, yeah, because I don't know how, how does a, does a medical degree the same? Is it like first class two one? Is it like first two one, two two? Or like, how does it work? So um, everyone passes um, and there's no first, second, third. Because imagine imagine going to hospital and knowing your doctor got a third class. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That's what I was trying, to, trying to do low-key operation on you. Like, yeah, I know I only got a third, but, you know, I'm still going to carve you up. Like we're, meant um, to just be, we're meant to just be taking this piece of glass out of your um, leg, but you could leave with no leg. So, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, so I guess to keep... Uh, everyone's confidence up, including patients' confidence in the doctors. Everyone passes just in general. So it just says you've got a degree in X, Y, and Z. Um, but it's possible to get an honours, which means you have to be top 10%. So in my university, it was top 10% of the academic year. So out of 250 students, you have to be top 10% and you have to be top 10% for two years, um, not in a row. It could just be like first year and third year or second year and fourth year. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's possible to get an honours, which is quite quite rare, but otherwise you just pass that is mad was it did you find it competitive I'll like a short ask some questions I know she hasn't prepared but now I'm just thinking like did you find it competitive obviously you said you had a nice community around you but did that ever get to a point where it was like competitive did you ever have any issues with people like because maybe because they wanted to be in that top 10% or whatever they wouldn't help people they wouldn't be as like forthcoming with it help or Medics are the, okay, when I say there's a community, yeah, we bond over suffering. We don't bond when things are good. When things are bad yet, everyone wants to cry together because it's a lot easier. But um, before it gets that level, medics are the snakiest, sneakiest, most manipulative humans on planet Earth. And honestly, oh, wow. best, you have to step on some people's necks. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was really bad. People would share, um, share. People would hide notes. They would hide resources. They, they would tell you they're not going into clinic today or they're not going to the hospital. And you'll be like, cool. Let me, let's all stay home and take the day off. And then you'll just find out that these people were in from crack of dawn, maybe four a.m. <laughs> like roaming around <laughs> doctors. So yeah, people are sneaky, and I don't know. That's probably how they get to the top. But Do you think coming from ends prepared you for this? <laughs> <laughs> prepared you for the madness? <laughs> yeah. I don't... I should have been smart. That's what I would have said. That's what I should have said. I should have been smart. I just thought, oh, you know, these medics, maybe everyone's as ignorant as each other. So if they say something, they're going to stick to it. And I feel like people from home, when they tell you they're going to do something, they're going to do it. And if they, if they don't do it, they don't do it. But these guys, mm. they will smile in your face, tell you that mm-hmm. you're done any studying then all of a sudden I want to know why I got 100% in the same exam I got zero in somebody come and explain (laughs) (laughs) no but then again academically they're really good but would you want your doctor to be someone who is not a sociopath (laughs) yeah he's a sociopath really so yeah Right, right, Kishore, you go the questions because mine are just flowing off like top that I have more but it's only because of what she said but you go yeah, 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 no, okay, so for my question, I want to say, well, I want to find out really, like, what was your biggest misconception coming into med school? Because I know there'll be people out there thinking, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to do medicine, I want to become a surgeon, blah, blah, blah. And you have a certain perception of what you think 
it's gonna be like and then you get there and you're like oh rah mud 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 <laughs> you know what? that is such a good question because no one ever talks about these sort of things everyone sort of glamorizes medicine um I think I have two, I had two biggest is this correct English I had two big misconceptions <laughs> um, the first thing everyone says in their med school interview is um I'm really interested in lifelong learning this means as a doctor, I want to engage in research um, and I just never want to stop. Mm. And you get into med school and you realize when they say lifelong learning, that means you come home, you're studying, you wake up, you're studying, you're eating, you're studying. Um, and after that, you're doing medicine and researching on the same time and you don't have a social life. You don't get to see friends and family. And when I did that was my reality, I was like, I don't actually want this. I don't want to do lifelong learning. <laughs> I want to have a good, happy life. Imagine doing that for the rest of your life, like 70 years, and all you know is books and paper and writing. It's, it's a very sad reality. So that was one thing. Don't do this for me, eh? Um, and the next thing was, a lot of people just assume, oh, if I'm academically capable, I, can, I should either be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, and if I want to be rich, let me be one of those two things, like just one of those conventional careers. And medicine is not a lucrative field. You're not going to be making loads of money, especially working in the UK. You're working with the NHS. That is free health service. Where's the money? Where's the money? There is no money. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this Rona has shown. It's true. The money. So honestly, if you're not doing it for the right reason, if, you, if you're looking for a field because you're smart and because you want to make money, then medicine is not it because bankers, city workers make way much more money um, mm. and they don't have to deal with like the... the the crap that comes with NHS sometimes. So yeah, going into medicine for the money and because you're smart and you think there's nothing else you can do, don't do it. Um, and if you don't actually like research or if you don't like reading and studying, then don't do it because that's all you do. So yeah. You know what? The thing I remember yeah, was when I was at the opticians. So these glasses, yeah, that I'm wearing right now, I should have got them approximately three years ago. She was like, oh, you know, your prescription is quite low, but maybe get glasses when you start reading. And I was like, precisely when will that be? Because <laughs> <laughs> even the reading material for this degree, I am barely getting through. So, like, what do you mean by reading? Like, there's audiobooks. Like, I <laughs> the commitment that I feel like you have to do, I think if you finish med school, that already speaks to your character Aww. as a person. Because, like, to get to that point and not give up, and be going through what you're going through, those are the people that you want your life in their hands of. Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> those are the people you've like. You've got to be headstrong, man. You've got yeah. to be so headstrong and you've got to be willing to go through it all and make it. And you've got to somehow make it to the other side. I mean, that's not, it's not always clear. The only ever doctor that I wanted to be was going to be some doctor of art, some doctor of politics. The people, you know, when people say those fake doctors, I was willing to be a fake doctor. I mean, nowadays. I mean, it's still a lot you know, of my PhD for four years, but it is. See, that's the thing. I don't know how, like, I want to know how, when you were applying, yeah, you thought, I want to do this for seven like, like, like I want to do school again I want like, to do school again because the whole of school without the fun like, of like running around and, and not taking it seriously school yeah. again <laughs> that was the first three years everything's new so it was all right you're making friends with well you start off uni with uh, people who are doing three-year degrees four-year degrees max and that was all fun because everyone's ignorant and enjoying life together but as soon as they leave you're really like so I've actually done uni some people started their life and I'm basically starting again yeah so that's my halfway point and life well the rest of uni continues and I think that was the hardest part because you feel so lonely you feel sort of like you're you're being left behind you never get the graduation opportunity and it's like oh but the greater picture is three years after that four years after that I'm I'm done yeah I didn't really I never thought of it as oh six years six years until they left halfway through and I was like Mm. I'm staying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still her. (laughs) Oh. So you said that people said the application process was hard, yeah? What does, if you can remember, because at this point, (laughs) it was almost Uh, a decade ago. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Um, What was, what did you find the most challenging thing about it? And what do other people, or what did people tell you would be the most challenging thing about it? Were they different? How does it differ from, well, I don't know if you knew what a normal UCAS application look like but like yeah so with the medical school application UCAS form um most people will apply for the same degree to five different universities if I'm correct with med school you can only apply well 
you can only really apply for four med schools and your last one has to be something else because the chances of getting into med school are so slim that if you spend that entire year applying for med school and you don't get any of those offers, you're either going through clearing or you're not going to university. So they always tell you to have a backup, which is your uh, fifth option. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really weird because your UCAS application, uh, what do you call it? Your personal statement is pretty much the same. So when you're applying for biochemistry and you're applying for full med school, <laughs> full med schools, they know that they're the backup. So I think that's one thing that's quite different about our application um, process. Mm. Also, we have interviews, so we get we apply earlier than everyone else. Uh, we get interviews and we sort of get our offers around the same time everyone else gets their offers. So does that make sense? We apply earlier, so we have the interviews, so we can get the offer the same time as you guys um in terms of applying what I found most difficult was the fact that I didn't have any medical professionals in my family so doing placements and doing work experience was not a thing like who's going to let a 16 year old 13 year old 14 year old roam around the hospital like prodding patients it's not done (laughs) (laughs) but you need it on your application uh, form to say that oh I want to do medicine and I've experienced it in some sort of to some sort of degree and you, you really can't say that if you've never been in a hospital so I had to be creative in terms of showing my enthusiasm for medicine and ironically I actually did it by I don't know if you guys remember but maybe like seven years ago KFC was doing this thing where they were handing out like free chicken in all the branches I don't know if you guys ever remember I need to read my yeah. because I'm no longer vegan <laughs> Basically, I set up um, some charity called You Are Never Alone and I went around all the different KFC uh, stores I can find and I just used to hand out like free chicken to homeless people and I was like, I didn't necessarily do it for my application form. I just thought it would be a nice thing to do, like, how much chicken can I eat myself? So that was really what made me stand out on my application form. That's something they really liked about me. But my counterparts had a dad or dad's friends who were in hospital, so they were able to uh, do their placement. Mm -hmm like the rest of us and the other thing is um uh interview prep you don't really have a lot of that when you don't go to a private school but private school kids mm. are so trained so they have loads and loads of contact in terms of getting into med school so I found that quite hard to to do the interview prep with people who didn't know what was expected of a student mm-hmm. it all worked but it was a lot of hard work and things I had to do on my own that my my university or my college at that time couldn't cater for was wow, your... that's surprising. I would have thought that Woodhouse would have had, you know, some people of experience, but apparently not, boy. I literally chased, I chased down two doctors and I gave them the questions to ask two doctors. Yes, she's, she's called a doctor, but I don't think she's the medical doctor, Dr. Patterson, chemistry teacher. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to her, she ever listens to this. But um, <laughs> I gave them the questions to ask me, so that sort of defeats the point because I've seen them, I know what's expected of me. And then I actually found my head teacher who did an imp- impromptu sort of interview for me, so that was quite useful. But they only know as much as I Google, so they Google questions. Mm. And I've done that myself. You see? Yeah. So, yeah. You, was your course mainly... Um, was your course mainly private school kids? Lots of private school kids, lots of um, international students, uh, oh, lots, yeah. lots of um, students whose parents are in the medical field. So, yeah. Wow, that's mm. actually crazy. I think in general, though, like, obviously, I feel like your university experience is like university on steroids because <laughs> at this point, like, everything you're saying is slightly relatable for me, but it feels like it's times 10. Yeah, minimum. Yeah, because for like, to be honest, I really wish that throughout uni I was probably talking to you more. <laughs> that I could have felt better because, <laughs> I, like, because y'all knows, yeah. I thought I was going through it at uni. Like the amount of the amount I hated mm-hmm. uni, yeah. The amount I was like this course. And the thing is, unlike you, I knew I didn't want to do this afterwards. So I was like, why am I even here? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, the thing I noticed was, which is what I mean about your course and like what you're saying is that like people on my course small small course people would do mad stuff like if I'm asking you for answers for a maths question you're not giving it to me I'm like there's only one answer so at this point <laughs> like <laughs> whereas me, me <laughs> for me I would be like oh yeah look at, you can look at my if I by some chance actually knew what I was doing I would show you what I was doing <laughs> some people would be hiding stuff like one time someone asked for help I remember this I'll never forget it someone asked like oh how have you done this the person shut down the computer before they wanted to give help <laughs> they shut down oh. and said I'm going home before they wanted to give help this wasn't even to me I just saw it happen and I was like 
if it's an essay, I understand, like because it's it's a personal take, right? But when it's an answer to stuff, and I think that's more for science and like science engineering, mm. anything math related. There's only one answer. So what are you getting from withholding it? Yeah. And also, yeah. if you're explaining it to yeah. someone, then you're also helping yourself to understand it. But um, after the first three years, how much of it is like practical and how much of it is still in? Are you learning until the seventh year or does it start to be like? So the, the first three years, so I actually did a, a BM6 course, which means <clears throat> um, they sort of, how do I explain it? So in med school, you have different courses. It's all medicine and you all merge together eventually. The BM5s are the conventional medics who, uh, so the five represents how many years you're doing. So they do five years and they get in by conventional routes. Um, and the BM6 people are people who are potentially didn't go to great schools, um, probably didn't have the same opportunities in life, uh, but you're still doing the same workload. So your first year is by yourself. So you're in that small cohort. Um, you learn together. Um, sort of introduce you to university life and then you merge with everyone else and your friend definitely into the deep end um, and then you continue mm-hmm. so the first three years for me two years for the BM5 people that's uh, theory stuff so you're in class you're um, basically lecture based uh, the only practical things you would do is maybe go to a GP surgery once a week and do some practical stuff with patients or you're on the hospital mm-hmm. ground week or you're in the anatomy lab so with uh, the cadavers and stuff. So after those three years, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Yeah. The way she dropped that in so casually. Yeah, you know, like in the labs with the cadavers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you do lots They're of bodies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, lots of dead bodies. Uh, that's the only way to learn about anatomy without um, harming people. So you have lots of generous um, uh, donors who donate their body, uh, you dissect them, yeah, you learn a lot. No, 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 But you honestly become sensitized because you're dealing with dead people, you see their faces, you see their body, you, you're you cutting them and uh, taking them apart and reassembling them as much as you can. Oh man, the way, the way your face is moving, Helen, like, you're so shocked. Did you think they were going in and playing Operation? That is not what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to let us do it in real life? But it was just learning purposes. So you learn stuff that you might not necessarily see as well on a human being. Like if I cut you open, there'll be so much blood around that I wouldn't be able to see the different minute structures. But on um, a deceased person, there's no bleeding. So mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to see. So wait, how old were you when you had to do this, sorry? Uh, 18, 19, 20, 21. So for those, when you were 18, when you were 18, you were cutting open bodies. Yeah, so, well, I wasn't doing Dead it. Dead bodies. Dead bodies. <laughs> I was observing, yeah. So I was observing, but yeah, from as soon as <laughs> your first year of med school. That would be the point where I dropped out. You say <laughs> <laughs> It's actually, honestly, when you go in there, you realise what you're doing it for. You sort of desensitise and you switch off. I think the worst thing about it is the smell. The smell of uh, formaldehyde, mm. the, the solution you use to preserve the bodies. That is such mm. a, a smell that it's just like, oh my God, that when you process it, this is someone's grandparent or someone's uh, aunt or mom. That's, yeah, that's the worst thing about it. So those, those are the things you did in your first couple of years. And then after that, you were in a clinical setting. So uh, always in the hospital, you come home, you do your lectures online or you talk here and there in the hospital. But yeah, largely <laughs> hospital. Mm, so what I want to know is, can you describe what your first day was like when you first came into like the clinic or like the hospital and you're like, okay, so I'm here. What was that first day like? Oh my gosh. I think I was probably quite shocked. I felt a bit out of place. Um, I'm just trying to think. You're literally, uh, it's a small fish in a big pond of thing. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. The smallest of anything, the most irrelevant person on the hospital grounds, but you are the most prepared. You've got your stethoscope, you've got <laughs> notes here, you've got water, as if you're doing anything. All you do, yeah, you know what they call us glorified helpers. All we do is go around. <laughs> to the they do not let you do anything. So you run to the, the hospital bed quick enough to drag the curtain around. So it looks like, okay, this is this is my part of humanity. Um, so yeah, that's how I felt. I just felt so out of depth, like, what am I doing here? So we just used to pretend. Pretending means coming equipped. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say scared, probably quite scared as well. What are you most excited for and what are you most nervous for now that you know that like you're out there to be a doctor yourself? Under these under these circumstances as well, because as everyone knows, we're currently in a time of corona. Coronavirus! <laughs> 
lockdown. Has anything, lockdown. Sorry, I'm asking bad questions, but has anything changed from your initial mindset of, oh, I'm going to finish med school this year to like, well, now I'm finishing med school and there's a pandemic. Like, how have you dealt with that transition? In a weird way, I would actually, I would say the pandemic has made things a bit easier. So they always say like your first couple of weeks as an F1, which is what you're called. So that's a foundation doctor is literally like a baptism of fire. Um, Everything is new. Everything is scary. And all of a sudden you go from this student who can't do anything to a doctor who should know everything more than the nurses who've been there for years, which is not practical at all. But with this Corona thing, we've been graduated early, which means we will be starting work early, which means when they see us on the wards, instead of being these new peasant doctors who know nothing that's going on, they sort of see us as, um, I don't really like this hero narrative, but they see us as, oh, like, look at these wonderful students or doctors who have volunteered their time and who are willing to help us. And I hope that will allow them to help us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because volunteering, hopefully they'll be a lot nicer to us than they might have been in July when we're, like, confused and causing trouble on the wards so in a way the corona thing has helped things in terms of like the narrative changing so we're volunteers helping you helping them out as opposed to them helping us out um what i'm most excited for is to finally put my skills to use um i don't know i feel like i spent so long learning i've been working towards this for the last 11 years and to finally be on the ward and helping and do you know what i mean practicing my craft it's amazing go on you know practicing my craft I like that <laughs> listen yeah. oh wait you go Kisha sorry you did you have a question no 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 oh um are your plans to stay within the UK and if they're not are you able is it easy to change I don't know I'm just saying America because I know originally ages ago you wanted to go to America how <laughs> how would it if you do want to move somewhere else how would that transition occur would you have to retrain or what would happen so it is quite complicated and quite expensive um I can only really talk about America because that's the one I've looked into the most um so for everyone who doesn't know I'm literally obsessed with America and all I want to do is move there <laughs> well that was up until like up until like two weeks ago um so in terms of moving to America, you can't just up with your degree and start working there. You would have to like do uh, exams that are extremely expensive, extremely difficult, um, and they can't be backup exams. You don't do those exams as a backup. Oh, in, in case I get bored of England, I'll move to America. You do those with the intention of, I have to smash these exams to get any sort of job in America, um, and they're extremely costly. The alternative is to stay here um, and qualify till you're almost a consultant, which is another 10 years, and then I can move to America and practice in my capacity. Um, so because of those reasons, I think I might stay in the UK. Yay! Yay! Woo! <laughs> So I think, to be honest, I could always go to America for holidays and um, I think the NHS is a great, it's a great thing. So I'd rather work Build here. your career here. Yeah. Yeah, just for moral, moral reasons. A lot of things in America, yeah. Right. With this Rona, I feel, I feel I that. to see yeah. some, of the, some of the holes and gaps in their healthcare system. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think I feel that though. Like I wanted to move to America like for the last five years. Like I realized this this year, it's five years since I first ever went to LA. I was like so set on moving there for five years. And it's taken until now. I'm like, I'm just content on long holidays. Yeah, this is it. Like, I, I mean, I'd be content maybe living there with an end time limit. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, maybe I would want to live there, but I'm like, there's just too many realities as to the point of like, wow, I think now I'm older. I'm like, I would love to live there, but it'd probably be with, I know I'm there for a year or two and then I can come home. I'm back, yeah. As you said, there's just too many realities of like the life there and what that consists of and doesn't consist of. You know, what? I definitely hear that as well because obviously my dreams have never been to move to America, but I've always wanted to move outside of the UK. And I think it's only within this last year, ever since I got like properly sick and I realised... <laughs> I realized how well the NHS care system actually looks after you and I was really grateful for it and just the thought of 
kind of moving outside of that space makes me feel really vulnerable. Even more so now in this pandemic, I'm like, mm-hmm. boy, you know, I, there's no way I'd want to be in another country right now whilst this pandemic world. The only other country I'd want to be in right now whilst this pandemic is going is in New Zealand because they got it right. <laughs> they got it right because they decided to go lockdown before they even had any cases. And now mm-hmm. things are all good in New Zealand. That's the, and I, I, this would be the last, one of the last countries on the planet that I would think to move to. But in this pandemic, they got it right. But otherwise, I would not want to be in another place right now. Like I'm happy and content being in the UK with my free healthcare service, That's being in my house, staying at home, seeing people do madness in the streets. It's cool. I mean, it's not, it's not cool, but you do that. I'm going to stay at home. And I used to joke like, oh yeah, well, if I broke my leg, I'd just flag get on, a, I'd take the pain and get back to the UK. <laughs> because at this point, I would rather be literally crippled than crippled in debt because... Oh, same. Oh, <laughs> same. People just didn't want to get themselves tested because of the insurance and the lack of insurance. And I just thought, so people are going around knowing that they've got the coronavirus, but because they don't have insurance for it, they're like, everyone can get out at this point. That's a... That's a zombie thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so and some much, people, yeah. like, even, I think there was even some cases about bus drivers and stuff. They were told, you know, I mean, you have to go to work. Like, you can't, you can't social distance. You can't, you know, quarantine, lockdown. You have to go to work. And it's like, these men are getting exposed to people, you know, transporting around people who are just carrying the virus. I saw a tweet today. This is actually in the UK of some girl who got fired from her job because she wasn't feeling well. But she literally has corona. No. So basically they said you can't take a sick day um, because there's a pandemic going on. You can't take a sick day. But it turned out that she has corona. (laughs) So how, so you wanted her just to come in knowing that she had corona? Like, I'm like... Did you want to get coronavirus? You you were running yourself. Like, I'm so confused. But yeah, so, I mean, obviously, yeah, I think America, well, we all know. America's, I think now, I think the thing I've realised is when you're younger, you're made to think that America's like a leading country in terms of everything. They don't have public transport in some places and we do. I'm, what am I what am I looking for in America? Oh, no <laughs> so I was, do you know what yeah when I went there and they I just can't get over it. They've only just started using Apple Pay. I'm like, we've had this since I was in first I think first or second, maybe second year of uni. And you've just discovered Apple Pay in 2020. The worst thing is I'm sure that technology was designed in California. So I mean <laughs> <laughs> Apple is literally in California. I was like I don't get it, but yeah. Anyway, let's go back onto the topic. I have one final question. What, well, Kishore might want to ask one as well, but my final question is, what are you most proud of throughout this whole process of becoming a doctor? Cutting up them dead bodies. (laughs) I can't believe that still, sorry. I know, it's still on my mind. (laughs) so much, but I will leave it there. Um, Honestly, without sounding cheesy, my proudest moment was um, opening my results. Um, I don't even remember when I opened them now. Jesus. Sometime in February. Because this is, I don't think a lot of people actually know this, but I'm going to give you some inside detail, guys. So throughout my six years of med school, I had um, the worst imposter syndrome. So it deserves to be here. You shouldn't be here. I'm going to wait to trip you up. And my first ever exam in medical school, <clears throat> I actually failed. Um, and I don't think a lot of people knew that. My first ever exam in med school, which was which I took in January of 2015, I completely botched it. And at that point, I was like, oh my God, this is confirmation that I do not deserve to be here. Like I literally just got in by by luck, or maybe because they needed places to fill. <clears throat> and then I spent the whole of med school thinking that was the case. So every time exams came over, so yeah, so every time exams came, I, I literally kept, I was crippled with anxiety, crippled with fear, but I didn't tell anyone because I was like, everyone expects so much of me. Um, and I don't want to make them as nervous as I am during these exams. So I would never say anything and I would just like firm it. And it literally was suffocating. I wouldn't be able to eat. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I couldn't do anything. And so when they were like, fine, so before I did finals, two years before I did finals, finals used to be in summer. And there was something about summer exams that were just so easy for me. Um, maybe it's because that's when I did my retakes and I completely did well in them. So summer exams were always good for me. But when they changed finals to January, I was like, listen, you lots have set me up for failure right here. Like, there's no way I'm going to be my anxiety and fear under check to do the to do these exams and I was literally on the day before results so my final year results I told my friend to call me and tell me the percentage of the 
the pass mark percentage so I would know if I passed or third because I I was literally fixated on numbers um ironically I checked my results before her and that day I literally broke down not because I had passed but because of like how I kept the anxiety and fear under control without telling anyone that I was going mm. and I opened my results and I did so well excellent passes super super well in all my exams and I just thought like I'm quite religious as well. So I was just thinking, God is so great because this could have gone either of two ways. And if they told me to retake finals, I think I would have, not for real, I would have died on the line. (laughs) (laughs) So so I think six years ago, I was in the toilets crying because I received my results and I was one of maybe a couple who failed and I felt terrible. And then now to be one of the few that passed, I was like, hello, everybody, what's going on here? <laughs> that was my great, that was, yeah, a really, really special, amazing, emotional moment. So, yeah. Wow. Wow, well, that's sis. amazing. Thank I'm you. proud yeah. of you. And from now on, I'm if you have proud. any anxiety, you need to tell my line because... Yeah, you I, need to I join the, the club. Best, I'm the best motivational speaker out there. <laughs> sis, we're proud of you. Thank and you. literally, <laughs> I hope... I need to find out what hospital you're in because the second something goes wrong, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm like, I've got contacts in this this specific hospital, so you need to drive there. I don't care how many motorways you have to get on. That's where I'm going. You know, hearing what made you proud, it's just, just made me so happy. Like, I feel so good. I mean, Literally. I, I'm living through you in this medical, de- medical degree. Living through you. I mean, you went through enough. You went through enough for the three of us, so... Yeah. <laughs> All the times I couldn't make events or I couldn't do this and that, like you guys have been through it with me. It's so crazy. Oh no, but you still managed to get down to a little party. I'm not gonna lie. You still I'm still surprised that you managed this to come down. One day off and attend three functions. This is we <laughs> <laughs> All in one, let's go. Oh, I'll never forget she's like, I've got to go here and then I've got to go. I was like, sis, as long as you come, I don't care how many minutes you're here for, I just wanna see you. But um no, I have to shout you guys out though because um, I feel like I said no to lots of my friends for lots of things. And I just really appreciate that you guys kept asking and inviting me um, because those are the things that were keeping me sane when I could come down for it. So thank you all. I love you all. <laughs> okay. So for me, my song of the week is 327 by West Side Gone. So this song came out very recently, I think in the last couple of days. Um, and the people who feature on it are Jerry Badass, Tyler the Creator, and some guy called Billy Esco. Um, but yeah, like the reason why this is my song of the week is because shout out to my friend Brad. He recommended it. Obviously, if anyone knows me, they'll know that I am a huge, massive fan of Jerry Badass. I love him. Can't wait for him to come back on tour. I mean, obviously, you know, we've got these Rona times, so <sighs> concerts and festivals are looking slim. But when he comes back, I'm definitely going to be there because he always, he's like one of the best performers. Like he puts all of his heart and soul into his song. So I'm really excited to see him. But this track, 327, it's really nice. It's kind of got like this MF Doom style beat. It's like kind mm-hmm. of got like the piano and like the drums. And the cover art is actually bare jokes. It looks like one of those old, like, French paintings. I don't know if you can see. Paint me um, like it. What's, what's that? What's it's that? called Pray for... Pa- <laughs> it's called, Pray it's me called, like one of your French girls or whatever that thing is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it looks... Honestly, that's exactly what it looks oh. like. But the, um, the album's called Pray for Paris. Um, but yeah, I've just been... I just really, really like this song. And it's got... You know, this is the first time that I've heard Joey Badass and Tyler, the creator, on a collab. And... Mm. Um, Tyler on this one it sounds to me like it's kind of that old gritty Tyler like before he started coming out with Flower Boy and all of them other Mm -hmm. albums like so it's nice to kind of reminisce and hear that kind of sound coming from him because I thought that was lost but apparently he still got it in the bag he's just waiting to like you know throw it out on features and stuff so yeah, that's my song of the week, 327 by Westside Gun, featuring Joey Badass, Tyler the Creator, and that other guy. I'm going to have to listen to that. Is Westside, do you know if Westside Gun is like a producer or is he a performer? Because I've never heard that name before. Um, no, I think he's, he's, he's definitely a rapper. To be honest, I'm not going to lie. He's the, he's the person who I wasn't liking the most on this track. <laughs> No, but it's true because you know what? On this track, it's cool. But when I started to listen for the, to the whole album, the problem is, is for me, the way that he raps, he's kind of got this almost immature sounding voice. Mm. I don't know. There's no other way to describe it. Like his voice just sounds very 
young, but it sounds like an adult sounding young, not like someone who's just young. Yeah. And I haven't really checked up, but like, I don't know how old he is. Maybe he is a young guy, but maybe he's not. And if he's not, and that is the case, like the sound is just, it's just a a very young sounding kind of style of rap. Um, (gasps) He's definitely not young guys. Well, (laughs) do you want to know how old he is? How old is he? (laughs) Guesses. Nah, nah, he must be in his 20s, man. What did you say, 51? 31. Oh, 37. (gasps) No, okay, I beg you, after this call, or do you know what I mean? Recording. Let's keep it professional. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. Let's not sorry. out ourselves to the listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I mean, after this uh, professional recording in the uh, quarantine lockdown studio, um, <laughs> listen to the song and listen to his voice because honestly, all I can hear is youth and not in a good way. I mean, but, Black Dog cracks this, so... Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> and his voice didn't crack either. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it didn't. It didn't. Okay. But I love this track. It's, 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 that track is a banger. Wow, you know, definitely. If, other, if you love, you listen to the other rest of the album if you want. Um, that's on you. Okay, tell me you're up. What is your song of the week? Song of the week. Oh, week I've week, literally week. just been listening to every and anything. Um, and I didn't really know who this... Billy, I don't even know how to say her name. Billy Eilish? Is that Billy Eilish? Billy Eilish, Eilish, yeah. (laughs) So I never really listened to her before because when I used to see her stuff on Instagram, I just used to see pictures where like uh, green stuff was coming out of her eyes. And I said, what's going on here, mate? (laughs) This song, lovely. And I was just so beautiful. Um, It just, I don't know. It's just been like, I don't know, making me... Uh, Wusa Centred Yeah, centred That's it You know, you're just, you're, you're just in the garden And the sun is beaming on you And you're just listening to the song It's just like Nothing too grab grab Making your head go <laughs> Yeah that. Yeah, it's just lovely Oh um, cool and irony It's a lovely song Yeah, called Lovely I would not have expected that song But wow. I'm here for it Yeah, Listen, same it's times. Anything goes Yeah, that's real <laughs> yeah. Because I've been listening to The, like for me, because I work in a shop, which is like a music shop, so I listen to music all day when I'm there, and some of it is inflicted upon you, inflicted upon you, and it's not a choice. So, like, when I go there, I, li- I listen to a podcast. When I leave there, I listen to a podcast. Especially if I'm leaving there and going to a gig, I have to, I can't listen to music for 16 hours a day. But since I've been off and in quarantine, I've been listening to bare music and new music stuff I've never heard before, and I've been loving it because it's my choice. It's not enforced upon you Yeah like There's stuff from when I used to work In Urban Outfitters And I still can't listen to it Because I didn't ever choose To listen to it So it's like I can't listen to that album Which I probably would have loved Under normal circumstances Because I I didn't choose to listen to it In the first place Anyway My song of the week Is Kumasi By Sophia Sophia Thakur Hope I said her name right Okay I'm you picked Sophia this is great this is my like I've been no word of a lie so I found out about it yesterday I could actually tell you which time I found out about it because I want to explain to you how many times I've listened to it since (laughs) so I found out about it at 2.52 p.m yesterday right oh wow and since then I've legit listened to it or apart from in this recording like I think it was the last one I listened to before we started recording because every time I listen to it, I'm like, this, this is just sick. Like, um, It's such a vibe, man. <laughs> if you listen to I don't know if you know who she is, Tammy. To be honest, I saw her name I around a lot. You guys have songs. Oh, yeah. So I, she's not a singer, though. She's, she's a oh. spoken word artist. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, I'd never, like, I saw her around on everybody's Instagram. It must have been last year because I think she released her book last year. And hey, I, this, is what, this is who I selected for. Um, 2019 books of the year she was like one of my I think she was the first or no second or third person I selected yeah so but everyone was posting pictures of the book right like this is what I'm reading currently like it was one of those things that I saw everywhere and then just like whatever then I came across a song yesterday because I was looking at another song with her and somebody called Latir which they actually made that song wrote it produced and released it within 24 hours Wow. So I heard that and then I went on her Spotify. I said, she has a Spotify profile? Like, what's going on? And then she had this other song on there. And I was like, 
this is a vibe and it just made me think like summer needs we need to have at least a month of summer oh yeah for sure please (laughs) thank you so much Demi for coming on we are so proud of you like <laughs> like, I can't lie. Like I've been talking about this for so, like you don't understand. I keep telling my mom, yeah, you know, tell me the doctor now, and she's like, you've already told me. I'm like, it's not, it's not the point. It's not the point. <laughs> yeah. I, I told my mom once. I think I probably need to tell her again to remind. Nah, it's enough, guys. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, I'm so gassed about it. But this is great. I, I have people to brag about. I'm like, yes, I have a friend who's a doctor. You yes. know what it is. I'm like. Doctor, take their <laughs> achievements as my own. <laughs> like I have. That's what I said. Live through Temi. We definitely want to try and get you back on this podcast at some point. Hopefully, when we can return to a studio. Um, no, we're in the quarantine lockdown studio. Remember, Helena, aka Zoom. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we definitely want to get you into the studio. Like once we hear like what it's been like on the front line, because we keep hearing about these health workers on the front line, but. I feel like mm-hmm. stories need to be told as to what that actually contains, like on. what that means. Yeah, April, guys. Huh? Twenty seventh of April. That's when you're. That's when you're hitting. Most likely. Oh, yes. wow! You know why I know when that is in terms of days because that's the day before payday. So that's what. <laughs> 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 that's the only yeah, money. That's the only thing that I've money been remembering. Cash. Like when is payday? <laughs> Um, anyway Temi thanks so much for coming on we love you we're proud of you this has been med school for them and yeah and that's it it's a wrap thank you bye bye bye